I kind of was asking for your preference too. <laughs> to be honest, um, we, Lyric, we've always tended to transcribe interviews. And then when pandemic came and everybody moved on to Zoom, we put the video out there because all the feedback we get from people in the industry say that everybody just wants to watch YouTube videos now and everybody just wants them to be subtitled, captioned, so, so that they can look at them on the road. But the videos that we, the interviews we've put out don't get the same footfall as, as the written pieces. So I'm going back to writing, I think. That's awesome. I think, I think personally, like, I am so bored with the news outlets today of like tragic information. So it's kind of like refreshing to read still in the form of a news article yeah. with like a creative thought. So I, yeah. I can see why that would work. And I tend to think as well that people that are invested in music and, 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 and discovering new artists are more likely to want to read things anyway I think or whether that's just my misconception but certainly we'll transcribe I'll transcribe this yeah and I, I think it's just kind of like a refresh of the way you're taking in information too because you know Instagram and stuff is is such a visual you know just graphics are thrown at you like crazy so it's kind of probably a little like palate cleanser to yes to yeah uh, what I'll do is I'll sit on it until next week and then we'll release it a few days before the show to try and combine the, the, the two together, if that's all right. Awesome, yeah. Um, so for people who click into Lyric Magazine and are not as familiar with you as, say, we are and Destination Country is, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to, to what got you here today. Yeah, so um, I am originally from a small town of like 10,000 in southwest Arkansas. Um, so really south and raised in with all the traditional country things you hear about. Um, very, very close to my family. Um, my mom didn't get on a commercial air flight until she was like 54. So it's, <laughs> and that's really common yeah. down there. You just don't have any reason to leave. So no one ever does. Um, and I was just kind of born with this strange, like need to explore um, that was just kind of, out of character down there, but I've been lucky to have family and friends that support me and um, have been behind me the whole way. So I uh, sang pretty much in public for the first time when I was around seven, we rodeoed um, all growing up. I grew up with horses and rodeo. And so they always played uh, Leanne Rhymes singing the national anthem at the beginning of events. And uh, my mom always ran like the sound and did the books and stuff for rodeo. So I told her I can totally sing that. Um, <laughs> better than Leanne if you want me to and so she handed me a microphone and sent me out and sang the national anthem acapella and then hopefully got a lot better because those videos will haunt me forever <laughs> um, so that's where it started and then I started singing that at every event that would need the national anthem um, banquets football games all kind of sporting events veterans events literally anywhere I was kind of the Arkla Texas Arkansas Louisiana Texas so that little corner yeah um I was the go-to girl for that and uh, there's not much of a music scene outside of like the old school classic country Opry's and um, definitely no commercial music scene right uh, our our county I lived in was dry even so there there's not oh. even any like bars mm -hmm. or yeah it's still dry actually it's still dry now yeah mm -hmm. so there there were no bars we grew up in like concerts didn't come to town because it was a tiny town like Little Rock was our closest venue oh, or we would go yeah. to Dallas um so it just wasn't a thing and I always just 
from a young age knew Nashville was where I was going to have to go if I wanted to try to make a living out of it. And so I was finishing high school and Belmont was my next step in my plan. And I was like, I got to go to Belmont. It's where I need to go. And so we came up here and toured it and uh, it was going to cost me a whole lot of money. <laughs> I was going to lose all my in-state scholarships. So I just made what I thought was the smart decision and went to college in Arkansas, got my bachelor's. Um, and I was first generation. So it's kind of just like something that I needed to do for me to prove that I could do it. And it helped me feel safer because I don't like, regardless of the life I've picked to live, I'm very detail and plan oriented. And like, that's what I love and live on. So choosing a career that has no rhyme or reason to any of it at all and no predictability is it just crushes me every day um but so that was my one way of feeling like I had a safety net of some sort or just proof that I could put my mind to something and get it done I guess was the first step and thank god I didn't move to Nashville Tennessee at 20 or 21 because I probably would have died of alcohol poisoning by now <laughs> coming from a dry state particularly Good Lord. Oh yeah. And I didn't party at all till college. So I'm glad I got that out of my system in small town, Arkansas, because I would have definitely died on Broadway here. Um, but anyways, moved to town and had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know anyone. Um, my mom, my family had a bluegrass band with this guy who's great here. Josh Matheny. You probably know if yeah. you're from any circle. Yeah. Um, insane session dobro player, great songwriter, great human, like overall which I'm so blessed to have connected with. But yeah, my mom just called up his family and he, he's like 12 years older than me. So he'd been here a lot longer. We didn't grow up together or anything, but took me under his wing and his girlfriend at the time needed a roommate and all of these stepping stones that I just say, God throws me last minute. It's one of those yeah, um, to keep me from living with a stranger from Craigslist. <laughs> from then on, I kind of stepped into years and years of networking through him um, in a short amount of time and I just hit the ground running like the biggest thing for me is being in Nashville like it just took yeah. me so long and I worked a full-time job on top of going to college and graduating early from college I was just chomping at the bit to get here so um, that's really what's kept me motivated is just being thankful that I'm even in the town um, yeah. so I hope to not and it definitely <laughs> will eat you alive a lot of times but um, I hope to not ever lose that excitement of just getting to wake up here every day and, you know, having the opportunity is, is a big part for me. Um, yeah. So no clue what I'm doing five years in. I was just, that was going to be my next question. How long have you been in Nashville? So five years. Yeah. Yeah. So August this, this month actually was my five yeah. years. Um, and yeah. I have worked every kind of job you could imagine. <laughs> do, do you feel a different person five years on? So when they call it a 10 year town, that seems like so long when you're young, like mm -hmm. that is because I mean, that's half your life when you're 20 years old. It is a long time. Yeah. But the longer I've been here, honestly, like just putting your head down and working, the time flies by. But I definitely, this is just kind of the person I've always been and things, the way I grew up and things made me this way, but I've always been very, I would say pessimistic, not even realistic. Like, just very grounded in almost a bad way all the time where it's yeah. like, I'm pleasantly surprised if something great happens, but I am more than prepared for everything to go to crap all the time. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's counted. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit like that myself, I think. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I definitely think it steals your joy in some situations where you should have been excited, but it also has just helped me, you know, save some of that heartbreak and stuff when I'm, I'm already expecting it. And if it doesn't come, then, oh, that's awesome. But mm -hmm. otherwise, well, I figured that was going to, you know, go that way. We'll, we'll, we'll move around it and keep going. Um, so that kind of mindset has honestly helped me uh, just learn from each bad experience in Nashville. So I absolutely am sitting in a better spot than I was when I first got here. And luckily I've been surrounded by mentor after mentor, like, Josh Matheny, Kenny Foster, Sarah Foster, like Marty Dodson, all these incredible people who have been doing it a whole lot longer than I have. I've just benefited from listening, listening to people who say, well, if I could have done this different, I would have done this. Yeah. And I mean, what better advice could you get? And, you know, for people you respect too, that's yes. What, yeah. um, I was going to say, what, what did you study for your degree? Because you did a four-year degree in three years, didn't you? Mm -hmm. So was that because you're super clever or was that just because you wanted to get to Nashville as fast as possible? That was because I was like, I'm never going to use this degree ever in my whole life. This is stupid. Why am I here? <laughs> um, and so, I mean, I enjoyed the social aspect of college, but in school has always been kind of easy for me because I'm organized. I think it's like a, here's your task, check it off. Here's your task. Like, yeah. That's kind of how college was. So it wasn't bad, hard or anything. I've always easily gotten good grades just because I can memorize something and vomit it up on a test pretty much. <laughs> um, that's a poetic description there for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I got paid to go to school there. So I was working a job, saving that money because otherwise there was no way I was going to be able to move. Yeah, uh, but it was just so smart all around. It would have been so silly to turn it down. But yeah, I took um, extra hours every semester. I don't remember how many. I think twenty-one hours a semester, maybe like eighteen is your minimum to keep your scholarship. Twenty-one to twenty-three a semester, which was a lot. And then I actually they let me walk at graduation, um, a summer school before I even had my credits to graduate. Right. So they let me walk. And then I had to take Spanish three and four, which sucked because I'm clearly with my Arkansas accent. You could imagine how great I speak Spanish. Um, so yeah, they shoved Spanish three and four into a summer course. So then my summer after I graduated, I had to even take that to finish my degree. But right. whatever got me to Nashville the quickest. Yes, yes. And uh, talking about Arkansas, I was only, I listened to Bobby Bones most days on on the podcast. So yeah. he's really my uh, that and the Ozarks are really my only reference. <laughs> to, to Arkansas uh, he had he has speech lessons to try and get the Arkansas accent out out of him really you know, uh, do, do people make comments about your accent even in Nashville so yeah um it has gotten a lot clearer uh five years into town and my family will make fun of me like I, I mean it sounds redneck but they they literally say Nashville right like, yeah there's a, there's a Nashville Arkansas too Right. Um, that's really close to my hometown. So they say like Nashville. And then the first six months after I'd been gone, I came home and visited or something. Um, they said I was saying Nashville. No. Like they even made fun of the way I said Nashville. So it's definitely <laughs> changed, but I walk into a room and people know I sing country music and yes. it's written all over me. So I, I own it. It is what it is, but I definitely think it's, 
I've cleaned it up a little bit. <laughs> Have you made any contact with Bobby Bones? Because he helps people from Arkansas, like Adam Hambrick and stuff. He often is a big advocate for them. So Bobby actually graduated from that same college I'm talking about with the oh, same okay. degree I did. We both got bachelors of mass media communication. Right. Um, and then we also interned at the same radio station in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So right. we have okay. so many things that overlap in our story, but I've never gotten to connect with him. I work for CMA, so I've been around him a few times, but I just keep that professional boundary anytime yeah. I'm doing that. Um, right. Not like, here's my mixtape, Bobby, check it out. But, yeah, yeah, right, uh, well. I'll tag him into our I'll tag him into our Instagram of this yeah. interview then. I think we'll definitely our paths will cross when they're supposed to and I just keep like I said trying to make noise in town until you know and the people who are supposed to hear me will eventually yes. hear me but we've got a lot of things in common to talk about when we eventually get to meet. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure you have. If you could go back in time 5 years and give the the you uh, who was just about to move some move to Nashville some advice, what would you tell yourself? If I could go back before, like a, um, a year or two before the move, that's when it would be most beneficial for me just to soak in the time with my family, I think. Right, yeah. Because that's really hard. I'm about eight hours away from my family. Um, and you just, you know, getting to see your grandma and, it, you know, everybody has their moments where they're like, oh, my mamma, you know, like I, I can't go over there today or I can't call her and sit on the phone forever. And, yeah, like yeah. yes, you can, and you're gonna miss it so much. And so I miss little bitty things like random dinners together, or birthday parties, or you know I've had to miss funerals sometimes, especially because I've had to work. At one point, I was working three jobs at a time here, and I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't survive without them, so I couldn't miss work. And um, so yeah, just yeah. appreciating those little things, and that each little step gets you to where you're going. So like college, appreciate every little crazy thing I got to do in college because it it is such a crucial part of life so yeah but other than that I'm super thankful for every every step that got me here today and I I mean I think I like I said learned something really important from every experience so I I wouldn't change any of it yeah that's a nice answer talking about your family uh, and you you seem to have put some of those emotions into recycled yeah. And that seems a very personal song for you. Yeah. And it's so funny because it was definitely not the intention of that song. Um, I tell this little story at Riders Rounds a lot, but when I was in college, uh, there's a small pool of people in a small town to choose from relationship wise. So yes. it's very common for your best friend to date the guy you dated a few years later or, right, you know, yes if you're remotely the same age for your sister to end up having a crush on the guy you do or, you know, either way, small pool of people. Yeah. So I found out that this guy I knew and used to date or something was dating this other girl and they'd known each other forever. And I just was like, all of a sudden you just look at somebody different, like, Oh, well, we've never dated. Like we've all dated everyone else, but you and I haven't dated yet. So let's do that. <laughs> and I was like, this place is ridiculous. I can't wait to get out of here. Like, that everybody just recycles everybody down here. And right. so that's actually the idea that I brought into the room that day was like, people just, you know, around here, we just recycle. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, we pass people around for relationships and they were like, yeah, no, we're not riding that. <laughs> and thank God they did. Although I'm still holding on to it. Like, I yeah. think I'm going to ride it. There's a song in there somewhere. 
I know. And people from a small town will lose their mind because they can relate. Uh, but yeah, thank God they helped me hone into a much cooler idea. And we didn't even have to try the four songwriters on that. Um, Josh Matheny, Otto McIntyre, and Hannah Blaylock. None of us had to try. We all, those things mean the world to us. And we all were raised pretty similarly. Yeah. Um, kind of in the same area. And so we just started listing those things that are stick out special in your memory, you know, like a country crock butter tub, you know, for mm -hmm. leftovers and stuff like that. And it just oh, it turned out to be the best thing. So <laughs> that inspires you to not try to overthink songwriting because I, I love that song so yes. much. I, 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 I like that one as well. And what I like about all the songs that I've heard from you so far is that there's a real sharpness to your lyrics. So I'm interested to know, are you, are you lyrics driven? Are you, or are you melody driven? I, it depends always. And I think every singer songwriter will tell you that. Um, but I find that if I know at least what I have to say or the way it's going to be said, as far as vibe, that helps with my melody. Right. So if recycled was going to be a sentimental, um, you know, sweet family song, like it was, then I at least had that idea before I started humming the melody. Um, so I need to have like a clear path of if the story's going to end up happy or sad or something, because um, I think the melody should, should match that. So, but I would say I usually, I'm usually a hook writer. So I come in with like the big clever line at the end right. and yeah. figure out what to build around that. Um, Cause I've done it all by now, but yeah, that's, that's probably my most typical way to write is that big title Yes. Um, clever line at the end of the course that's going to get you and then every we build it around that so it's it's very simple but my favorite bit is just the rhyme of fake it with naked <laughs> I don't even know. it's so simple but when it hits you it's just like well that's so good so good yeah well that was an accident that's another thing is I have great co-writers that will keep me on track for rhyming because especially with my southern accent like I'll say won't is want like w-a-n-t i'll say won't and can't yeah you know yeah, those yeah. are that's not the correct way to pronounce those words so if you let me run wild on rhyming in the song I, it'll it'll get pretty messy pretty quick so <laughs> people, my co-writers keep me on track but uh <laughs> the rhymes i'll fight you all day long like that don't matter it don't it's close enough yeah no it is it's good and that, that song naked is a very clever song. Is it inspired by our relationship or is it something more meaningful? Like you could expand it to mean social media or your relationship with fans or. Yeah, I would say it accidentally became something that you could put your own story into because I was very specific with what I was writing. Right. Um, I have been in a relationship for like three and a half years now and we're supposed to get married next month. Mm. Uh, so very happy. Uh, but I. Like you said, with like the pessimistic view we were talking about earlier. Oh, hi. I've got a um, yeah. Oh my gosh. You are precious. Soaking. Let me keep my composure. <laughs> um, yeah, so with that pessimistic view, I had that same view of love, clearly. And I've seen a whole lot of relationships go wrong in my family and life. So I was just like this is terrifying for me. And I got to that point with my now fiance where I was just like, okay, this is make or break, you know, like you're going to have to jump in this and, you know, strip down metaphorically yeah. uh, because 
you got to do it the whole way. Like you do everything else in your life or you got to let it go and, you know, tell them that it's not worth the risk of getting hurt and that you're not going to do it. And that's a terrifying and vulnerable place to be. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. That's literally how I felt one day was just like, I, I feel like I'm going to have to get naked mm. and, and it's even scarier than a physical naked, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I came in to the right and just was talking to two of my best friends, Marty Dodson and Josh. And um, they just helped me. We, another song that just really fell out. We didn't overthink it because those were genuine emotions that yeah. I was feeling at the time. So, yeah. and then when we recorded it, I was like, that's the last song we're going to put out first. Like I, it's a strange song and the production didn't sit right. And I was just like, oh, it's a weird thing. And then it, something switched and it was the perfect thing. And for my debut, it was, it was, I just loved it, but it was definitely not the plan. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes though, that's the best way to go, isn't it? Absolutely. And that was one of those big moments for me where I learned that it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the songs. <laughs> and then you're, your new song then is Best Side, which you co-wrote with others amongst Kenny Foster, who yes. you know, helped introduce us. How did you come to work with Kenny and Sarah? So I met Kenny and Sarah through Josh Matheny, how right. I met everyone. Um, I think, I'm pretty sure Kenny was down in Arkansas on the first time I met Josh on like a retreat. So I think he was one of the first um, in that whole crew that I got to know. And they are incredible humans. I can't, I worked for CMA with Sarah too. So we've gotten yeah. really, really close. She's yeah. such a boss lady. She's amazing and <laughs> manages Kenny. And it, so everything Kenny does, she has a hand in for sure. Um, but yeah, they, we hit it off just, you know, as friends in general, and we've gotten to do so much cool stuff. Now we traveled all over to Guam, Diego Garcia on an yeah. armed forces entertainment tour. Um, so I've been and played a million riders rounds together. And, um, so I'm so, so lucky and thankful for, for their friendship and talent. Um, Kenny and I actually have something in the works. So we're excited about. I was going to ask you about this duet because I, I was part of an interview with him earlier in the year where they said he'd got a duet coming out with you. And then I yeah. wondered if the pandemic had pushed that back a little bit. Yeah, it's, I mean, it has pushed everything back or just, you know, halted it all together. So we're trying to figure out, um, honestly, the song was the easiest part. The song was done and I had no part in writing that or anything, but I've been a fan of it for years, mm. like since we played it at, at round. So I was so, so excited to be a part of it. Um, and then singing the vocals and everything, we laid down pretty quickly. So it's actually the, the cover art. Um, and the promo and things like that, that take the most time, which yeah. is so funny because if you're not in the industry, you think that would be the, yeah, the yeah. worry about the least, but it's, it always feels like that for me is like the music comes easy and then everything else is so hard. Yes. Um, but we're getting it tightened up. We just want to make sure it gets what it deserves as far as all that other part, but it's going to sound incredible. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Best, best side shows a bit more of a, like a sassier side to you, doesn't it? Yes. Was that the intention on that one? It, for me, it could have been lifted off Carrie Underwood's first album. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It's I love that, that. It's got that feel of a, an early Carrie Underwood sassy type of, uh, you know, a powerful song. Yeah, so it actually, that was an idea I had when I was a lot younger when I was starting to write songs by myself. And I had been in Arkansas by myself just jotting down stuff, whether it finished or not, kind of poems or whatever. Um, so I brought that idea in and it was kind of just like, 
I've kind of dealt with that my whole life. You know, the, that's another thing we were talking about women earlier. It's just like certain things are a big part of society. And I was just built a certain way when I was growing up. And so that's always been like the joke. It's just that my backside is, you know, <laughs> my backside. Um, so I finally put it into those words and then I held onto that hook forever. And um, that was one of my, I want to say it was one of my first times riding with Autumn and not too far into knowing Kenny, like maybe a year into knowing Kenny. So we hadn't written that much either. Right. Um, but uh, something told me to pitch that idea and they knew me well enough to knock it out of the park. <laughs> um, and I tried to, I tried to ride it by myself, like I said, in Arkansas, but that was my first sign of like, Oh, this is what Nashville is. And this is why you get in a room with Nashville co-writers. And this yeah. is what they can do for your songs yeah. to take them to the next level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it's just a genuine, we didn't have to try. That's, that is me. It, I mean, sass is my middle name it's fine <laughs> i love to say what i'm thinking and it kind of turned into like a female empowerment mm -hmm. um song by the end of it which i love because it, it's always been my silly song and i love to play it at rounds and i honestly never thought about putting it out um and then a couple years ago it was just like no i feel like this is a well-crafted song if you you know wrote the lyrics down and read them i still think you would agree that it was well crafted yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea is a little silly but also like i love the body positivity that hopefully yeah. it brings and um you know just whatever you think your strong suit is own that and yes. that's awesome and that's you know and that there's there's a huge space for that now in country music uh, that that people will accept without even thinking about it i think yeah um, so what's the plan for the rest of the year? Are you sitting on more releases? So I'm sitting on so many songs I'm excited about. I probably need to plug my computer in because you're going to die. Um, I, like I said, I've been writing for six years now. So I clearly have so many songs that I'm excited about. And no shortage of songs I want to release. But I'm just trying to form a plan now of if we want to do a full package EP or a few more singles because people consume music so much faster than they used to. Yes. So much faster. And like, unfortunately finances have been forefront of my decision-making <laughs> my whole journey in Nashville. Sorry. I plugged in. Um, yeah, my finances have always determined my next decision. Um, so I'm trying to decide now, especially in a pandemic, what's the smartest move to make. Um, yeah. it's probably going to be singles for a while. I would love to package it. And I see now that a lot of artists are packaging like a super old song, you know, when they finally release it. So I may go in and, and drop the full EP, um, with naked and too much and best side yeah. and all of those packaged and maybe get to do a little more like. I'd love to get a video done. So that's high on my list to do. I've never had a music video. Right. Um, so I would love to get more of a, uh, feel a little stronger in that area because yeah. I feel so confident about the songs and music that I've got. Yes. So, um, that's my goal, but it's uh, hard to make any plans when you don't know what the industry even looks like. No. So just taking it a day at a time, writing a ton. It doesn't look like, I don't know, I mean, I know it's worse, the COVID situation now over there where you are than it is in England, but I mean, the, there's no sign of gigs coming back here, even into the first part of next year, I don't think either. Well, I mean, I've even heard that 
all of next year, they're not even planning it at all. But I think it's, that's not a realistic prediction. Like, how can you know? No. And as soon as the, they get the clear, I know the industry is going to jump back in it. Yeah. So, um, but you can definitely stress yourself out trying to predict the future. So, like I said, I'm taking it a day at a time, but um, I think the industry will adapt no matter how it has to. Like, yeah. how lucky are we that we have the, you know, technology capabilities that we do and yes. that we're able to, almost able to interact more with our fans from our socials. It's just trying to overcome that awkward screen that's between you. That's tough for me. Yes. Um, but again, something that I just have to work at. It's just lazy otherwise. <laughs> and it's yeah. just trying to monetize things as well, isn't it? Yeah. That, that's the difficult thing because fans will consume a lot, but when you ask them to pay even a small amount, sometimes it doesn't come through from what we find. Yeah. And I would say a lot of that is like, you know, the companies that are, are putting it out there, you know, I still think the streaming services and stuff, there's a, there's a big, um, like deficit as far as what they're making their living on. And yes. they wouldn't have any of that without writers and the no. artists. So I think we're, we'll get closer and closer to um, what we really need from there eventually. But at the end of it, I think you just have to care about the music and the craft more than it making sense because I don't think it ever will. I don't think you'll, if you make millions and millions of dollars, I don't think it'll ever add up to all the passion and time and hard work you put into it. I don't think there's an amount of money that could even equal no. that so that's why you got to do it to begin with that's true that's true wise words that's a nice way to finish as well mate thank you very much <laughs> thank you so much for having me no it's all right it's lovely to talk to you and, and hopefully it won't be the last time that we were able to do things together we um we, we've got all sorts of plans going forward with both lyric magazine and then the wider umbrella of destination country so it, i see this really as just the first step in us I know you worked with Pip and Imogen with the Couch Songs um, yeah. Festival, and they're two of the four people involved in Destination Country as well. So I see this as the beginning of a working relationship for us. I would love that. And I'd love to eventually physically come over too. So, well, I mean, that. you know, Kenny proves that independent artists can come over here and, and create a fan base almost from nothing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so proud of him. And I, I totally see that and I'm so glad he's finally being appreciated the way yeah. he deserves to be I think he'll cut through the noise in Nashville eventually but that's exactly what it is it's just yeah. noise for now and I'm sure he's spoken to you about it but the, the UK crowd and the UK country music and the Americana fans are so sort of dedicated and intense that that they will take on board the stories and the lyrics whereas Kenny often goes you know it's hard to be heard above the noise in Nashville absolutely so, so I, that sounds amazing to me and you know how I am as a writer too. So, I mean, I, I love to play a loud bar and party for with people who have no idea what I'm saying in any ways, but there's that part of an actual writer that loves someone who's actually listening and yes. taking the time to think, wow, that's a clever lyric because we do put our heart and soul into making those. So yeah, yeah. I look forward to tapping into that. We, we, I, we appreciate, I appreciate your time and, and the 30 minutes today and um, Thank you. I'll ping you an email when the, when the um, interview goes out next week and um, we, we, we've sent you the cross post link for the Facebook video as well, haven't we, I think. So yes, that confirmed. We're all systems go on that, but you know, let's, um, let's stay in touch and, and we'll try and work to, to promote you over here as much as we can. 
Awesome. Thank you so, so much. No, thank you. And uh, the writing goes well today. Thank you. We'll get, a, we'll get a number one hit. I just know it. All right. Take care, May. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.